0: What's going on, guys? Grant Pushkar here, joined by my co-director, Victor Williams. Are you looking to bring more attention to your sports content? Over at Overtime Heroics, you can be a part of a growing sports community, such as podcasts like my own, Cleveland Surge, and my own, Philly Special Podcast. And if you're looking for a place to share your sports opinions, they also have an active forum for all sports topics. So if you want your sports content to be heard amongst other sports fans, go over to Overtime Heroics forward slash forums and make your first hot take today. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Wyman Podcast. Whether you're really listening on the Anchor app, which I crawl my episodes on, I'm also available on Spotify, Apple, uh, Breaker, Radio Public, Google Play, Pocket Cast. Um, but of course, no matter how you're listening, however you're taking in my content, I do appreciate it and I thank you as always I'm um, going to get right into it here going to do a little uh, Raw Reunion Rewind, Rebound Raw Reunion Rewinding the Rebound Rebounding the Rewind of the Raw Reunion um, we're going to hit some Smackdown Live because it's Wednesday Pitches, Wrestling Wednesday and that's what we do That's what we do around these parts. So um, I'm going to start right at the beginning with the Raw Reunion. Kicking off with arguably the greatest of all time. No, not Ric Flair. No, not Stone Cold. No, not even Hulk Hogan. It is, yes, John Cena. John Cena kicking off the Raw Reunion Monday night, 8 o'clock sharp. Down here in Tampa, Florida. Crowd going crazy crowd going nuts, everybody loves it, everybody, um, you know, loves to see Cena when they want to see him, when he goes away for a little while and comes back, then everybody likes him for like a week or two, and then, you know, he uh, either overstays his welcome and starts to get booed again, or he leaves, uh, you know, he leaves on top. Um, but, Cena is a um, huge start to kick off the show, I think, I think it was a unannounced um attraction he uh, wasn't confirmed to be there you know we saw a lot of guys confirmed like booker t and stone cold and dx and uh scott hall kevin nash you know you saw a lot of those guys confirmed and advertised but cena wasn't one of the ones and i came out on my podcast uh monday and said i wouldn't be surprised to see cena there and i was actually a little surprised that he wasn't advertised um but again i i was happy cena was there he should be there um definitely one of the cornerstones of the company uh was a little disappointed to not see um the undertaker there or even kane or obviously the rock wasn't there so i mean there there was definitely still some big names missing but um you know adding john cena on top of the other guys that they already had definitely um definitely was enough to to keep the live crowd happy and the TV audience tuned in for the remainder of the night. Um, nothing much comes out of this. John Cena just does a little spit battle rap with the Usos, and then the Usos go on to fight with their their daddy, Rikishi, against the Revival and Devon Dudley in a six-man tag. And that was. Um, that was a pretty good match there it wasn't uh, anything crazy didn't really happen but um you know Rikishi looked good and Devon still looks good he still does that a uh, training school down here and in, in Florida with with Bully Ray I know they have their uh, wrestling school down here so they're still they're still chugging along and they, all those guys look good obviously Usos and Revival carried most of the match and Uso's actually got the win over the uh, Raw Tag Team Champions the Revival, so we'll see where they go from that. Maybe they'll run it back on SummerSlam. Um, I'm not even going to get into the 24-7 business because that was just... The one thing I did like about the 24-7 title is it made sense. And I think it was my favorite one of the night is when Ted DiBiase came out and bought it from Alondra Blaze. Um, I thought that was really cool because it was, um, you know, you got it on the women, and then you had a few women exchange it from, uh, Kelly Kelly was the first one, and then I believe Candace Michelle had it, and then Alondra Blaze, and then Ted DiBiase comes out and buys it from her, which is cool because then you don't have to worry about, you know, a guy beating up a, a girl, a female legend like Alondra Blaze, so you don't want to get into those situations, so I thought really, that was really, really smart booking, and smart, um, uh, creative way to get it off, and it was also a good, uh, feel-good moment, you know, a nostalgic moment for Ted DiBiase, pulling the old million dollar man gimmick, and buying the belt, which, um, nowadays, million dollar man, I mean, there's not, there's, uh, quite a few of them around, maybe he, he might have to change his name to, like, the hundred million dollar man or something, because nowadays, I mean, all the athletes and the wrestlers and shit. There's, there's a bunch of million dollar men out there. So, um, go on to a long segment with Royal Marines and Smojo. They kind of dragged it out, Smojo. Uh, you know, running down the Royal Reunion. Being a nostalgia trip. You know, insulting Rikishi and the Usos. And of course here comes Roman Reigns to defend the Samoans. Um you know, they then they you know they got into a, a, a war of words and they got into a fight that busted outside the ring and they like challenged each other to a match. Um and then the uh Roman Reigns gets to win don't really know what they're doing with Samojo I, I had pitch Samojo gets involved with the Raw reunion but not in this way um, I had him coming out and choking out Shawn Michaels and uh, and starting some beef with Shawn Michaels and um, even Triple H for a SummerSlam match but they obviously didn't do anything like that they just had Samojo come down run out run down the reunion Um, Talk about the Usos and Rikishis to to incite Roman. And then that got Roman to come out, and then he got beat by Roman. So, you know, I don't know what they're doing with Samoa Joe right now. It kind of just, he's he's talking a big game. He's talking a lot of shit. And he ain't backing none of it up because he ain't winning no damn matches. He's on a hefty losing streak from Kofi to Ricochet to Roman Reigns now. I mean, He's just piling up the L's. Which isn't bad if you're a bad guy. Um, you know, obviously, eventually, the good guy usually always wins in WWE. But once it happens, like, five, six, seven, ten times in a row, then it's like, all right, this guy's on a uh, serious losing streak. And a guy like shouldn't be on a losing streak like that. But it was, you know, nonetheless, it was good promos. It was a good segment. It was a good match. I thought it did drag a little bit. The fight to the outside dragged, like, three or four extra minutes long, I felt like. Um, also had a lot of talking involved in it, obviously. But, um... Next up, you had Seth Rollins on Ms. TV, number one contender... for the Universal title against Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, Seth Rollins. And eventually, he gets interrupted by Paul Heyman, just, um... Saying the same thing, you know that he's been saying. And um. And I, <laughs> I don't know. Miz wasn't even there. It was it was it was Miz TV, but Miz like wasn't. You know, once Seth started talking, the camera kind of like cut Miz out to where it was like just Seth cutting a regular promo, and then Heyman jumped on the Titantron. So then it just became a Seth and Paul Heyman promo. I mean, I don't know what the whole um, point of having a Miz TV was. Especially when Seth had the match later on with AJ, which was already confirmed and already being, um, you know, built up throughout the night that, you know, later on we're going to see AJ, you know, Seth Rollins versus the Phenomenal One, AJ Styles, this and that. And, you know, they've said it like two or three times. They showed AJ talking about it in the back. So... You know, the mat, it was a scheduled match. So everybody knew it was going to happen. So, what is Seth out there doing on his TV just to cut a promo with with Heyman that he could have cut before or even after the match with AJ? I don't, I don't know. Can't get crazy with these big uh, Raw shows sometimes. But um, nonetheless, you go into the Seth Rollins and AJ Styles match with uh, Jerry Lawler. Guess spot on commentary. Uh, Jerry was actually pretty good. He, well, he wasn't. Um, he wasn't like overbearingly obnoxious. He wasn't like telling you know those same jokes that he was telling in '97. You know, he was just really good analysis. Um, he sounded good. His voice was clear and you know came across clear. Um, but the big story of the match is Seth Rollins and AJ Styles going at it, and Luke Ald and Carl Anderson. Uh, jump outside Well first Hold on I got ahead of myself Triple H and Shawn Michaels come down to the ring DX coming out at first And um, You know Kind of just to Be there for Seth To kind of even the odds With the OC The original club um, You know Rollins starts to heat up Gets a little heat And then Gallows and Anderson Just go into the ring And just start beating The shit out of him. So then there we go with Triple H and Shawn Michaels jumping into the ring. And um, they they clear the ring out. Rollins wins by DQ. So Rollins can't even lose by DQ. He won't take pins. Now he's not even taking DQs. But anyway, Rollins wins by DQ. Um, The OC gets clotheslined out of the ring by Triple H and uh, Shawn Michaels and tossed out and cleared out, all that stuff. Um, and then, you know, you have the, the Road dog and X-Pac come down, and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall come down, and it's like, um, uh, eight guys in there trying to fight off, um, Styles, Gallows, and Anderson, and AJ kind of, you know, they kind of just walk their way around the ring and up the ramp, and Seth Rollins... You know, they give Seth the mic and... Yeah, if you got two words, if you're not down with that... We got two words for ya. And it's like terrible. Like the worst fucking suck it ever. Shawn Michaels didn't even do the crotch job. Which, you know, it was pretty bad. He's kind of like plugging his ears in the corner. Like, damn, that hurt. And it was fucking... Some high-pitched shit there, but... And then, not only does Seth win by DQ. He wins the match. He kicks you know, they kick the shit out of the club. And then he gets to say the suck it. Which I mean, god damn, I, I mean how much stuff are you gonna let this I mean, talk about pushing a guy to the moon. I mean, damn, at least let one of the one of the original guys do it for you know, the crowd came it's a raw reunion. The crowd came there to you know, c- 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 DX and all that stuff and people are watching the C D X and all the other legends. And then you have Seth Rollins do the Suck It, the two words for you. I mean, I know Billy's not there. Billy's usually the hype man, too, but... I mean, fuck, he could have had Triple H do it, or Road Dogg sounded good. He could have did it. X, X-Pac, I mean... God damn, you let Seth Rollins do it? I mean, Jesus Christ. I don't know, sometimes they just get these guys, and they... The... You know, from the Miz TV segment and then to the match and then to the DX thing after, it was just a bad night for Seth Rollins. I was just tired of seeing Seth Rollins. I was tired of hearing him talk. I was tired of hearing him fucking scream. And, you know, I was just tired of him. And it's not good when you're going into the main event of SummerSlam against Brock Lesnar for the Universal Belt. Now, you know, yeah, you don't want to wear me out on Seth because Brock's not there. And if I'm wore out on Seth, I mean, either I'm going to root for Brock to retain, which the goal is not to. You're trying to get me to root for Seth. I'm um, trying too fucking hard, if you ask me. Or I'm just—I just don't care about the match. I, I just don't want to see Brock retain, and I don't—I'm tired of Seth. So it's like Roman—it's like when Roman was fighting Brock. People were tired of Roman. They didn't want Roman to win and get to push, but they also they didn't want a part-time champ. So then that's why the Roman and Brock. Fucking feud sucked, and they had to save it with the the Seth Rollins cashing in the Money in the Bank. Cause it was just nobody wanted to see either of those guys win, and I think they're getting into that territory now with Brock and Seth. Where it's these guys have been fighting all year. You know, I brought it up the other day. Um, they they've been basically fighting since Seth won the Royal Rumble. You know, they've been on and off fighting for the with that Universal belt involved, and the guy then Brock wins the Money in the Bank, and then he's doing fake cash-ins and Heyman Oh, he's going to cash in on you or Kofi. Or maybe he'll cash in on you. You know, it's just... And then before you know it, we're about to be in August. These guys have been fighting since January. That's eight months. And it's exhausting. I don't care who wins this rivalry. Just give me somebody new for Brock. Give me somebody new for Seth. At this point, I just don't care. I'm not invested in this match at all. At fucking all, I'm not. So That was Seth Rollins night Uh Becky Lynch and Natalia get into it A moment of bliss Um Basically Becky Lynch goes out there To be on a moment of bliss And Natalia comes out there shortly afterwards And says you know Hey you know I, I, I'm not playing this game I'm not playing this talk show bullshit You know you got something to say to me You say it to my fucking face To my goddamn face you And um shit I liked it then they you know they start going out and Natalia's bringing the fire and Natalia's bringing the heat I don't want to hear that she's um she doesn't have it or she's not uh this or she's not that uh well she's not uh Charlotte yeah I know nobody's Charlotte Trish Stratus wasn't Charlotte no matter what you guys may fucking think you remember Trish Stratus was a terrible wrestler for the first like four years of her career Charlotte was never a terrible wrestler. She was a goddamn fitness instructor when she was seventeen. She she was a, she's a nat she, you know when they say natural selection, natural born athlete, that's what Charlotte is. That's her life. It's not a gimmick. So don't give me this Natalia is not Charlotte bullshit. Um, I tell you what, Becky Lynch ain't Natalia in that ring, in that squared circle, on a wrestling mat, Becky Lynch, or fucking Alexa Bliss or fucking uh Bailey, whoever those top girls, Sasha Banks, whoever those top girls you want throw up. They're not Natalia cuz Natalia will stretch their ass out if she wanted to for, you know, for real. So don't give me this whole shit that Natalia doesn't have it. Natalia, she's had it. She brought it last week with the promo and she followed it up and she's bringing it again this week with um this little segment they did on The Moment of Bliss. And I I think it's going to be a hot-ass crowd. It's going to be a 97% Natalia crowd up there in Canada. And I'd put the strap on her. I'd put the title on her, Natalia. Because she's the only credible one. If Natalia can't beat her, who can? Carmella? Carmella's going to beat Becky Lynch? I mean, you already let Becky beat Ronda Rousey. So, I mean... So, she could beat Ronda Rousey. Now she's beating uh Natalia the only female to ever get through and go through uh Stu Hart's dungeon the heart dungeon which like grown men have not been able to complete or not been able to go through but nonetheless you're going to have her beat Ronda Rousey you're going to have her beat Natalia and then what Who, who's who's going to beat her next Naomi Alexa Bliss is going to beat her with a fucking twisted bliss Really? Come on. If Natalia doesn't beat Becky at SummerSlam in Toronto, in Canada, you know, uh, SummerSlam, it'll be a moment of the night. It'll be a moment of the weekend, depending on what TakeOver does. Um, and you'll have a new champ, and then you'll have something new for Becky. Now Becky could chase that title. Now Becky actually has somebody who she can compete with and go back and forth with. That's not named Charlotte Flair. Because they've already dug and drove and buried that shit into the ground. You guys want to see new faces. You guys want to see new challengers. But then when they put new challengers. When they put a girl like Lacey Evans in the front. Or they put a girl like Natalia. Who's actually credible. Who will actually fucking roll Becky Lynch up if she wanted to. Like a goddamn soft pretzel from Annie Ann's. You don't want to see her win You want Becky Lynch to just put a disarmor on her And have Natalia tap out And you know On to Alicia Fox I guess Or Dana Brooke Maybe Dana Brooke will beat her Because I haven't seen her on TV in fucking five weeks Do 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 Braun Strowman was there apparently The uh, Raw Reunion Really good segment he had Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold Thanks to fans for tuning in to close the night out Um, I don't know what to say about this It was just you know As they say on the uh, The old Bruce Pritchard show Hogan must pose I guess that was it Just end the night with Hogan out there posing And Stone Cold drinking the beers And um, you know Stone Cold is good on the mic I give it that I think he, um, you know, he kind of, he didn't stumble upon himself, but he was kind of just, like, trying to find the groove a little bit in the beginning. But I think once he, um, you know, once he got going and once he got that blood flowing and stuff, he started the what promo and the what's and this and that and storytelling. and I thought it was good, I, you know, for what it was. I mean, now, you know, people are saying, oh, somebody should have came out and beat them up. Yeah. Let's send uh <laughs> I mean, yeah. let's send Sami Zayn out there to fight Stone Cold and Hulk Hogan and fucking DX and Booker T and Ric Flair and, you know, all these guys. Cause that's believable. Let's send somebody out and just fight. Let's send Dolph Ziggler out to hit Stone Cold with a zigzag. Like, what the fuck is that going to do? <laughs> you know, you guys just got to think. Just take some shit for what it is, man. It, They had a bunch... uh, You know, sure, it would have been cool... In 2001, Stone Cold Steve Austin was in the ring... And... Freaking... I don't know... Um, Shit, I can't even think of a guy now... I I don't even want to say Kevin Owens. I'm thinking of a bad guy like... uh, I guess Dolph Ziggler is a bad guy... You know, Samoa Joe... You know, you have a big... um, Heel... Braun Strowman, or, or, uh... Not Braun, uh... Bobby Lashley. Have someone like him come out and hit Stone Cold with something. And then, you know, start this big rivalry. But these guys ain't gonna be here next week. These guys ain't gonna be here for SummerSlam. Or, you know, so it's like, what what's the point? Um... Now, I do like what they did with Bray Wyatt and Mick Foley. Which, that had to be, like, some kind of, like, Mick Foley's idea. I'm assuming. I don't think Bray... Um... Not not saying that Bray doesn't have power, like, you know, creative control, which I think he obviously does with the Firefly Funhouse stuff. And, you know, a lot of the stuff he's doing seems like it's has a lot of Bray Wyatt's hands on it. I don't see, you know, Vince McMahon sitting at home thinking of all the shit that Bray's doing and uh, pushing out. But, um, you know, I don't know if that was a Mick Foley idea or a Bray idea, like a combination of both. Maybe they talked maybe, you know, he said, hey, I want to do something cool, you want to do it, maybe Bray wanted to do it to, to Stone Cold, or to somebody else, and, you know, maybe they shot it down and sent Mick out, you know, who knows, maybe he wanted to do it to Kurt Angle, or something, you know, you never know, but the fact that, you know, they had Mick Foley in the ring, and Bray Wyatt comes out in a new Fiend uh, alter ego, and, Slaps on the uh, uh good old mandible claw on mankind now. I gotta go, um you know, I gotta go I gotta go with that as a segment of the night. That's why I kinda saved it for last there. Because I just thought, you know, the way the lighting and the the power going out and all that stuff and the uh um you know, Mick Foley selling it and the reaction, he's like, you know, what the hell's going on here? You know, and then Bray Wyatt obviously brings it. Um I thought it was, if not the best, at least top two or three segments of the night. And, you know, that's a way that you get a a lot of those younger guys over with, you know, using the older guys to get the younger guys over. So now, you had Bray do it, so I don't know if you could always do it at the end. I don't know if if you want to do it at the end with Stone Cold and Hulk. I think those guys just go out there and the crowd cheers and they drink their beers and they, you know, I think they did it right. You know, I, I wouldn't have anybody get physical with Stone Cold because they're not going to beat him. <laughs> you know, it's just as simple as that. Most of the time, you know, you guys want to, oh, let me see this guy getting a feud with The Rock or The Undertaker or, you know, and then they come back and then you wonder why they get beat because it's just a respect thing with the business. It's not, they're not going to come back just to get beat by some guy who's been there two years or four years or you know, why, why would Stone Cold do that? It doesn't make any sense. So, you know, I think the best way to do it was with Mick, was with Bray. And they did it good. It, you know, it gets a lot of heat on Bray. Um, now, like I said, I would have did the Samoa Joe, Shawn Michaels thing and have him and Triple H go out at SummerSlam. But, you know, obviously, you know, they're going a different way. Which is cool. Which I'll see what they're doing with um, Samoa Joe and everybody else involved, but I just don't, um, you know, I don't think you want to overdo that because you had Bray already do Mick earlier in the night, and I think they pulled it off very well, and I think it only helps Bray Wyatt, and it doesn't hurt Mick Foley because, like I said, Mick Foley won't be there next week. He won't be there for SummerSlam, so it's not, you know, it's not like Bray Wyatt went in there and beat him and pinned him and, you know, beat him in a match or you know, Mick Foley is Mick Foley. He's not going to get hurt by it. So, um, you don't want to overdo it. I think they did the ending good. I think overall it was a good show. They had, obviously, a shit ton of talent there. I mean, they had people backstage, which I thought was cool, which I mentioned I thought they should have mixed it in. Um, you know, they obviously had the thing with McFoley coming out and Kurt Angle and uh, RVD and Hurricane came out with the Sami Zayn thing. Uh, Rikishi and Divon I mentioned earlier, Cena in the opening segment. So they had a good mixture of both of it, I thought. I don't think anybody took up too much microphone time. Even the stuff with Mick and Bray probably lasted about five minutes from beginning to end, maybe like six or seven. And most of it was, you know, putting over Bray. So, I mean, I can't complain about it. I can't, you know, I thought it was a good show for what it was. I thought, uh, you know... It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It wasn't as awkward as I thought it was going to be. It wasn't as clunky as I thought it was going to be. It was boom, boom, in and out, in this segment, out of this segment, here, there. Hey, this guy's here. Look at this guy backstage. He might come out later. Okay, into this match. You know, it was it was very fluid, uh, fluid moving, very um, moved fluidly, I guess you would say. I'm not a uh, speaker in the fine arts of um, English, but... I think that's how you would say it The show moved Fluidly throughout the night Yes I'll go with that And with that I will close And on the other side of this fucking break We're going to talk about Smackdown Live And get into Kofi And his new But old Aha New but old Old is new again (laughs) New, but old, challenger for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam? That doesn't make sense, you're saying, but I will make sense of it on the other side of the break. What's going on? We're back here talking SmackDown Live. Um, pretty good show I wanted to talk about. Not too much crazy stuff happened. A little predictable. A little, um, I don't want to say sluggish, kind of just a uh, steady pace. Nothing, like I said, nothing really popped out to me um, Coming off that Raw reunion down there in Miami For the Smackdown Live uh, Kicking off with Tom Phillips, David Otunga Xavier Woods and Big E from the New Day Smackdown Live Tag Champions at the announce desk um, Byron Saxon out there from his father passing away apparently And I don't remember why Corey Graves wasn't there I have no idea um, Shane, Shane O'Mac, the best in the world. <sighs> Shane McMahon. Oh, I don't know how that guy does it. Um, but Shane McMahon does kick off the show, basically saying, playing old video of Kevin Owens quitting back in like. 2018, I think it was, like last year, about a year ago, I think it was in August. After he got beaten by Seth Rollins on a Raw. I don't know if anybody remembers, any of you guys remember. KO kind of just got the steel chair in the middle of the ring and said, I quit and left. Okay. And then, um, so Shane says this time he wants it in writing. So that when Shane McMahon beats Kevin Owens at SummerSlam Kevin Owens is out he's done he's over with Um, eventually they get to Shane McMahon announcing Kevin Owens isn't going to fight Shane McMahon tonight but he will have an opponent and that opponent will be the big dog Roman Reigns that's right can't wait for that one so um, it's really not that bad Kevin Owens got a big pop coming out, um, really wasn't a, a terrible segment, I mean, Kevin Owens and Shane could talk, of course, I mean, Kevin Owens is one of the best talkers in the business, and Shane as well, probably, i give him top 12 talkers in the biz, maybe top 15 WWE has, so, I mean, he's up there, um. Non-title match, Apollo Crews versus Shinsuke. This is actually a pretty good match. New Day hyping up Apollo Crews big time on the uh, announced desk table gimmick there they had. um, When Apollo Crews comes out. And I thought Apollo Crews was going to get a a win here. It seemed like that for a little bit. Um, But Nakamura gets the win eventually. But um Cruz did fight hard, you know, obviously losing um valiantly, you know, got over with the crowd. And New day was definitely, like I said, putting him over on the uh on the announced team that to to the audience at home watching on the USA network or wherever you're watching. And then um Shinsuke continues to beat down Apollo after the match, so maybe Apollo gets a little gets a little of fire in his in his belly. You know, and he wants to fight. He wants to fight Shinsuke again, and he wants to do it for that IC title, and he wants to do it at the biggest party of the summer, SummerSlam. <laughs> or maybe Apollo Cruz just go back to catering for the next few weeks. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, I miss TV with Shawn Michaels. Um, not really much going on until Dolph Ziggler comes out, and then the bombs start flying. Between Dolph Ziggler and Shawn Michaels. Woo, things got high, boy. Things got fucking heated. <laughs> because, um, you know, Dolph was basically saying, you know, he comes out, you know, he said you retired and you had the chance to ride off into the sunset as the greatest performer of all time, but now, you know, you're coming out and dancing and uh, you know, waving your hand to the crowd just for a paycheck. Um you know, the last time you were in the ring, it was embarrassing. Um, you know, basically the, the the same as that. And then uh, HBK kind of fires back. You know, well, the last time I was in I was in the ring was embarrassing, but it's still not as embarrassing as embarrassing as uh, you know when you worked your whole life, your whole career, busted your ass. And, you know, all you're going to do is be remembered as a second-rate Shawn Michaels. Or, like, a, you know, that's like you basically saying that's Dolph's legacy. is just, you know, a second-rate wannabe Shawn Michaels. That's all anybody sees when they look at Dolph. That's all anybody thinks when they hear about Dolph. And, um, man, that hit the heart. That hit the soul. And, uh, made me smile a little bit. But, um... Man, Shawn Michaels was like prime shit talking. Shawn Michaels right there, man. He, you know, he he quit. He wiped that smile off his face real quick, and man, that was Shawn Michaels right there. And everything talking, doing those promos, Um, just the seriousness and tone of it. And I mean, he made you like uh, on the edge of your seat of what he was gonna say next, and you know if he was going to go there, and then when he does go there, it's like, oh, got your ass, bitch. Like, yeah, got you, Dolph. Fucker. But, um, shit. I don't know, I guess uh, I guess they're going with Miz and Ziggler, but, um, man. <laughs> if you want to give me Dolph or Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam, ooh, ooh-wee, I'll take that over, uh, well, I don't I don't want to say, I don't want to put Miz down and say, you know, I'll take that over Miz and Dolph, but, because I think Miz and Dolph will still be a good match, but damn, I, you know, Shawn Michaels delivered that line, and it means so much more coming from Shawn than it would have, you know, if like Miz or somebody else said it, you know, just for Shawn Michaels to come into your face and call you a second-rate, uh, wannabe HBK, like, damn, man, that's fucked up. Um, so I don't know where they go with that. I mean, I guess maybe Shawn Michaels gets involved. Maybe he's like a special referee or something, or a, you know, outside guy hanging around with Miz and and gets involved somehow. Gives Dolph a little, a little chin, a little, little, little sweet chin music there. Up in Toronto, that'd be fucking. That'd be real sweet. That should be too sweet. But um. On to the females who had about two minutes to work. Ember Moon versus Charlotte Flair. Um, I, I didn't really see a lot of this match. I kind of heard what happened. Becky Lynch, or <laughs> oh fuck, not Becky Lynch. Bailey. Bailey's music hit um, and distracted Charlotte, quote unquote. Um, and Ember Moon gets to win. And um, then then Ember Moon goes on to attack Bailey. and hits her with the uh, Eclipse, which, um, man, I don't know. That, that, that's a pretty big moment for Ember Moon, even though it was quick. She, all, all in about five minutes, she got, um. you know, she gets a pinfall victory over Charlotte Flair on TV, which is really good for Ember Moon. I loved it. And then she um, gets some fucking physical physicality with the uh, with the what's her name Bailey, that's the SmackDown Live Women's Champion. So I mean that that's two. I mean you got the champion, then you got Charlotte, you know, arguably the biggest woman on the roster, um, definitely the SmackDown roster, and you got Ember Moon beating them both up and standing over them tall, standing wait standing tall over them standing tall over them standing over them tall I don't know either way Ember Moon looked good um I kind of hope she wins I'd like to see Ember Moon with the belt I I love Ember Moon in NXT and you know I still like her I just don't see her that much so you know let's just see what she could do with the belt um on to the big moment of the night the big advertised moment of the night who will Kofi Kingston challenge? Kofi Kingston SummerSlam Open Challenge. And the challenge is for none other than the Viper, Randy Orton, the master of the RKO itself. And Randy Orton comes down, and Kofi plays a clip of them back at MSG in uh, November of 2009. I believe it was November 16th. It's about 10 years ago. Of Kofi hitting a boom drop, dropping that boom on Randy through the the table, um, some table over in the crowd or some shit. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but they um, he showed that, and Kofi goes on to say that that was supposed to be his push, his time to you know really start chugging up that mountain and to start really reaching the top of that mountain, and for some reason Randy used his quote unquote influences his power to hold Kofi down and make sure Kofi never got in the title picture and stayed out of the title picture for as long as possible and then Kofi says but you know I kept grinding I kept working and look where I'm at now player he didn't say player but um then Orton fires back saying Kofi still isn't ready um I mean if Kofi's not ready now I just don't know when he will be According to Randy Orton But that's what Randy says That you know You're still not ready Kofi And I'm gonna You know Basically you know I'm gonna take Take the uh, title from you But it was a really good segment Um, Randy and Kofi Could bring Lee Wood on the mic Obviously two very seasoned veterans um, I think I talked about this. I don't know if I talked about this Monday. Possibly, I think I talked about this Monday. But um, just for you, those of you who didn't hear it, or if I didn't even fucking talk about it, I think this has to be Kofi's biggest um, win. This will be, should be, and hopefully will be, his biggest title defense. He had you know a random title defense with Daniel Bryan on Raw on the uh you know the the, wild, the first wild card Raw where they announced the wild card shit they had um you know a one off with Kevin Owens who was like a bad guy and now he's a good guy he had a one off with Samoa Joe who's assigned to Raw um and now he also had uh Saudi pay-per-view against Dolph he had a stomping grounds pay-per-view against Dolph that nobody was excited for so this title reign for Kofi really needs to be amplified he needs that signature win none of those are signature wins in my opinion now if he if he beat if he defended his title against Daniel Bryant at a you know extreme rules or you know something Daniel Bryan's very, very, very credible. He's more credible than Dolph in WWE. He's very, uh, you know, he's much more credible than Samoa Joe in the WWE. So, you know, but the fact that he, he, yes, he defeated uh, Daniel at WrestleMania, but I'm just talking about title defenses as a title reign. He hasn't had that big key title defense. And he's coming up, he won it at WrestleMania, so the next big pay-per-view is the one in August, SummerSlam. So he has to win at SummerSlam and he also has to win a credible opponent whose resume is long and hefty and thick. And none other, there's a very few, very few uh, superstars in history with a resume as full and thick as Randy Orton. So, you know, if it's me, I'm letting Kofi win. You know, if you want to have the new day get involved, if you want to have some weird circumstance to where Randy gets a rematch and you know drag this thing out for another two or three months till Survivor Series or whatever, that's cool with me. Like I said, I, I like Randy. I like his matches. I like his um, promos. I just don't think he needs a title. He just—it's cool for him to be in title matches to draw, to put that champion over. Like he should be doing with Kofi to enhance that champion or enhance the title or enhance, um, you know, other talent, that's fine with me, but do I think he needs to win the title at SummerSlam when Kofi hasn't had that big title defense? Um, no, not yet. No, I I, I don't think so. So we'll see where they go with that. Um, this turns into a non-title match, Kofi Kingston versus Samoa Joe. Um, once again I have no idea what they're doing with Samoa Joe they they have um, basically goes to a no contest so Samoa Joe didn't win he didn't lose but then he tries to for some reason get involved with Randy Orton and Kofi and gets an RKO for it and then Randy just gets the trouble in paradise so what I mean, what was Samoa Joe doing out there? If it's a no contest, Samoa Joe rolls out of the ring. Go, like, why is Samoa Joe getting involved just to take? I mean, I know it's you know I know it's planned out. He got involved to take the RKO, but why? Like, why couldn't Kofi just hit Randy with the Trouble in Paradise? He's a WWE champion. This, you know, this this is what worries me. This is what this is what worries me about when the guys like John Cena, or Randy Orton. You know, getting these title matches, you know, one thing leads to another. And before you know it, Randy's going to walk out of SummerSlam with that WWE title. And I, I wouldn't put it past him. I would not fucking, I would not do it. I'm not saying I would do it, but I'm saying that they could do it. Just the way they booked that to protect Orton, even though he's the heel, even though he got involved in the match, you know, it wasn't his match. It was Kofi and Joe and Randy got involved in the match. So now you eat a Trouble in Paradise, but wait, he can't... He's not going to eat a Trouble in Paradise clean from Kofi, no. He's going to have Samoa Joe distract him, RKO Samoa Joe for no reason, and then Kofi will get the upper hand and hit him with a Trouble in Paradise. That's what we'll do, okay, yeah. You know, like, why? Why? You make Joe look like shit. You make Joe look stupid for even getting involved. Because, you know... It was a no contest, he, you know, Samojo should have powdered out, boom, back to backstage, Samojo has nothing to do with this fucking match, or this rivalry, but again, you know, I just don't know what they were doing with Samojo, so he goes in there, he gets, eats an RKO, and now that protects Randy, so now Joe looks like shit, but hey, he protected Randy, so now Kofi can get his trouble in paradise off. Because Randy was distracted... Or Randy wasn't looking... Or Randy wasn't ready... Randy's the fucking heel... He doesn't have to be ready... He he should take... He should get in the ring... Fuck the match up... And then Kofi gets him with a receipt... With a Trouble in Paradise... And then we move on to next week... But the little things... these little things that they do that... Protects the certain guys In a certain way... It's just... It's very scary sometimes... Because... Walking into Sunday... I have no idea what they're gonna do... Or two Sundays from now at SummerSlam I have no fucking clue what they're gonna do and I would not be surprised if you have Brock Lesnar walk out as your Raw champion as Universal champ and Randy Orton walks out as your Smackdown WWE champ and holy fuck all the talent on the roster and that's gonna be your two main champs wow wow on to uh, Finn Balor in the ring, challenging uh, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, whatever whatever you want to call yourself. Wait, i gotta get, I got to get my Irish accent. Um, whatever you want to call yourself, ah, damn, I can't do it. I can't do it right now. But anyway, he challenges The Fiend or Bray Wyatt or whatever your fucking name is. And um, gets interrupted by the latest edition of Firefly Funhouse. And it's Bray Wyatt. It's, you know, hey, Bray Wyatt, how's it going? Um, and Wyatt says, um, you know, him, he he's a big fan of Finn Balor. He likes the uh, extraordinary man who could do extraordinary things, or extraordinary man who could do super-duper things, extraordinary things, um, something like that. But The Fiend is not a fan of Finn Balor, and The Fiend... Um, remembers. I'm not sure what he remembers. Um, and then the Max Monster appears, you know, with the stuff, you know, saying, Let me in, let me in, all that stuff. Um, but I don't think, I mean, obviously, Bray has to win here. I think it's going to be his first match back. I, is it going to be a squash? Like Finn, you know, has squashed some people in the past with his demon. So maybe Finn is down to get squashed by the Fiend. Shit, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have a real match or a uh, a squash or or what. But all I know is Bray's going to win. Um, and that's good. You know, Finn is supposed to be getting some time off. I know he just got engaged. Um... So shit. Put Bray over on the way out. Fuck him down. You know, Finn will be back. It's not like Finn's going away, man. He's in the prime of his life. You know, he'll be back. It's It's just getting Bray over shit. Nobody else wants to do it. Fuck it. Somebody's gotta do it. I mean <laughs> Bray's not gonna come back and lose. I mean who I mean who's he really gonna beat? I mean Braun's not gonna do it. Um, it doesn't seem like Roman or I don't even know if Roman has a SummerSlam match, but as of right now, he's not going to do it unless he's going to fight fucking Drew McIntyre again. Because Ke- Kevin is fighting Shane, so I don't, I don't even know who Roman's fighting. But, you know, he could have put Prey over, but, you know. Things happen, I guess. Um, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns main event. Another no contest here. This is really just uh, all to set up Kevin Owens stunnering Shane McMahon again. For like the sixth week in a row. Um, you know. I just I don't know how I feel about this his stunner still. I I mean it's cool, but it's just you can't why can't you just do a pop up power bomb? Why can't he just do like something else? The stunner is like I know Kevin Owens you know was trying to use the stunner a lot back, you know, uh, before this angle was even a thought, before Shane had this big T V push and you know, Kevin started using it probably two, three years ago. But, um, you know it, I don't know I just want to see him use something else I feel like the stunner, you know Every time he hits the stunner, you're just like, oh, that's stone cold You know, it's like somebody coming out and doing like the people's elbow You know, just like, it's just I don't know I don't I hate him Kevin Owens, he's probably my favorite wrestler Next to Bray Wyatt, AJ Styles You know, those are like my top three I think right now, but I just, I just don't like the whole stunner thing. Maybe he's just doing it to Shane. Because, like, the Stone Cold and Vince. KO and Shane. I don't know. I just. I don't know how I feel about it. Just every time he does it, it's like it just feels cheap. Like, it's not his. It's gotten really good. You know, I, I think he's been. He's delivering a hell of a stunner. They, they're even selling it. They're showing the replays and slow-mos. And, you know, I think that's it's really. Um, you know, it's it's getting over. But. You know it, it's not like he does it bad now when he first when he first started, it sucked, and I think that's why he stopped doing it for a while to kind of get get it down pat <laughs> because man when he first started that shoe was fucking rough looking, but um I don't know, we'll see if this is just a one time thing or if this is like a new finisher. I like to pop up powerbomb. I thought it was kind of original was cool it was creative you know I thought it was anyway I liked it but that's it for today guys I appreciate everybody listening go um, listen you gotta go follow me first and foremost you gotta follow me at Wyman Podcast 1 on Twitter at Wyman Podcast on Instagram I'm trying to find Oh shit I'm trying to find this other Twitter account to follow That's um Really cool And helping me out The uh Pro Wrestling Federation I just want to get Okay here we go Pro Wrestling Federation on Twitter At Pod Wrestling Fed At P-O-D Wrestling Fed F-E-D Um, 24-7 network streaming Of all podcasts I am one of them I believe there's still Six of us Possibly Um, Maybe more Have joined on But um, 24-7 network streaming Of all podcasts A part of the Podcast Wrestling Federation So if you guys are fucking up Doing homework If you guys are up studying If you guys just can't fucking sleep You got a long road trip You got the fucking... The runs and you just can't get off the toilet, man. You're just sitting there just shitting. It's just... You know, it just won't stop. And you're like, fuck, man. I got to be up for this. Let me throw on the podcast. Wrestling Federation is a 24-7 loop of all the podcasts available. So let's say there's six of us up there. So you might hop in and you might be 10 minutes into mine. Or you might be 22 minutes into um a collar and elbow podcast or you might be fucking 35 minutes into good old backseat booker uh mailbag episode you never know. You never know what you're going to pop into what you're going to hear, but you will be guaranteed to be listening to wrestling talk. No matter what it is, if it's a mailbag, if it's like what I just did, a Raw SmackDown review, if it's a pay-per-view preview, if it's a fucking uh, watch along, pay-per-view watch along, classic match rewind, which I also do. Be doing it one Friday for those who don't know. Um, you know, hop on that podcast, Wrestling Federation. I have no fucking clue if the YouTube's up yet, but I'm pretty sure the Twitch is up right now. And just follow them on Twitter at Pod Wrestling Fed to um, you know, stay updated. And every tweet, all our shit. The Go Home Wrestling Show, the Backseat Booker's Collar and Elbow. Um, of course, my show and i know there's like a bunch more that i'm forgetting but those are all my guys get you wrestling podcast that guy's fucking awesome wrestling thoughts podcast i mean turnbuckle topics ringside rant i mean there's so much so much stuff that you know people are talking about polls questions i mean just follow these guys on twitter hop on the youtube page um like I said, especially for those nights where you can't stop shitting, I have like at least twice two two a week, so you know it, it gets you through it, guys. It really does. Just listening and talking, um, listening to us, to idiots like me, talk about wrestling for you know forty-five minutes or an hour. It really gets you through those those rough nights on the toilet. Um, other than that, guys, I got a pull up. Please go vote on my poll. My uh, Classic Match Rewind poll. Uh, I still got... Let me see how much hours are left. I got 7 hours and 16 minutes left, guys. My Classic Match Rewind. Rock vs. Brock SummerSlam 2002 is at 31%. Del Rio vs. Christian 2011 Extreme Rules is at 10%. They're not going to win. JBL vs. Eddie Guerrero Great American Bash 2004. The Texas Bull Rope Match. Uh, one of my <laughs> fucking all-time favorite match gimmicks. And uh, two of my favorite wrestlers at that time. Um, carrying that SmackDown brand in 2004. JBL and Eddie's at 27%. And Triple H versus Y2J fully loaded from two thousand at 32%. Guys, that's 32%, 31%, and 27%. The top three. Three out of four. This shit is close. I got 219 votes. As of right now, I have 7 hours and 16 minutes left. Go on the Twitter, at Wyman Podcast one retweet this bitch, like that hoe, and vote on that motherfucker. Because I got to sort this out. I really don't want to do a tie because I'm going to have to do two in one fucking episode. And I'm going to get tired and my throat's going to hurt. And it's just going to be, I'm going to be miserable. Miserable. No, bullshit. but. Um, If it does end up in a tie, that's what I'll do. Fuck it. I love talking about wrestling. But um, just make sure to get those votes in. Spread the word. Seven hours left to vote. Midnight tonight. It's done. It's over. You're out. All right? Other than that, I'm done. I talked about Raw, Reunion, Rewind, Rebound, whatever you want to call it. Talked about SmackDown Live. I'll see you guys Friday for that. Uh, Classic match rewind So get your votes in Let me know what you want to hear And if you don't see your match up there Fucking comment that shit I got like two or three comments on that bitch already Talking about some matches other people want to see So I'll, I'll throw them up on a poll For sure In the future Other than that guys I'll catch you guys Friday Thanks for listening